Dirty Content Podcast. I'm Dirty Dan. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oops. Welcome back to Infinity Content Podcast, episode 21. 21. This, wow. Yeah, 21. Uh, I'm not going to make the refractory period joke again about episode 20 to 21, <laughs> uh, but here we are, Infinity Content, a Comics Place podcast. Thanks to Comics Place for making this podcast happen. I am your host today, uh, District podcast attorney harvey trev joined with me is uh commissioner roman Hello. cast commissioner roman and definitely not the obvious millionaire to trying to fund their one person crusade cult man Hello. Uh, welcome back uh it's it's been a while a couple weeks we are we are back on track we're you know still doing our social distancing uh, despite you know Colton and I touching knees right now, it's very. Uh, they don't have mucous membranes. They don't have mucous membranes. <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's. It's, well, it's platonic. It's it's nothing. It's nothing sexual. But it's a it's a friend it's a friendly knee yeah. touch. Yeah. Uh, so it, yeah. It, if there is any mucus on your knees, you should probably go to a doctor. <laughs> hmm. It's what keeps my it's what keeps my knees from getting all flaky. Is that mucus? <laughs> uh, how are how are you two doing? What's uh what's new with you two? Um what's new with me? Uh I, I don't know. It's just the days are flowing into each other. They're all melding together. <laughs> yeah, before I uh before I the before Audacity actually went recording, you were saying something about reading Grant Morrison's Batman with Jeff. Oh yeah, yeah, Jeff uh Jeff and I Jeff started a <clears throat> he's going to be starting a podcast just daily going through each issue of Grant Morrison's run on Batman. And oh, the fun. other, like, two days ago, we recorded the, uh, just a half-hour episode about the second, the conclusion of the Black Glove storyline, where they're on the island with the, with the Club of Heroes and all that. Oh, okay. And J.H. Williams' artwork. And oh, I realized no. oh. During, yeah, I realized during that podcast, ooh, we're going to talk about J.H. Williams on Batwoman. That's the fantastic. Next content. <laughs> is he is he going to have that as part of the Comics Place uh, podcast, or is he kind of just doing it as his like own kind of side thing? That's his own little side thing. I'm which excited. He quickly, which he, yeah, he quickly was like, "Oh my god, what am I doing every, every issue?" <laughs> it's like <laughs> what two or three years. Do you want to be in his mind, Grant Morrison's mind, every <laughs> single day? It's like Inception. You, you better have a totem or something to take with you in an Inception, because <laughs> Grant Morrison, you'll get lost in there. Yeah, yeah, some kind of wayfinder. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, we are back again to talk about a more lighthearted story <laughs> from our last previous two episodes. This week, we are talking about New 52 Batwoman, Volume 1, Hydrology. And our creators on this are J.H. Williams III and Hayden Blackman as the writers. Williams III on art, Amy Reader, Richard Friend, for artists on Beyond a Shadow, Kate Sequence, Dave Stewart as the colorist, Todd Klein on lettering, and the collection series by J.H. Williams III. Uh, yep. That was a funny fact about when I was looking at all this stuff and reading it. <laughs> I had actually just finished writing a review on the storyline Elegy in Detective Comics by Greg Rucka that uh, took place right before this. Yeah. For some reason, I had a panic attack when I was reading because I thought it wasn't new 52 because i saw in uh more specifically in this issue batman's old uh old yellow and black emblem 
yeah. All the all the Batman from New Fifty Two I'm used to seeing is the Scott's uh, Scott Snyder outfit and stuff with the just the plain black bat. So I was I thought this was pre New Fifty Two for some reason. So I uh, I deleted the pictures of the teaser for what we were reading after we finished the last episode. For <laughs> Batwoman, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna look like an idiot. I put New Fifty Two Batwoman on it. <laughs> I looked at the book after I deleted. I was like, oh no, it was New Fifty Two. Okay. Well, uh, see, and, and, well, okay, so instead I'll look like the idiot because even though you guys told me New 52, I think I just heard the G part and I grabbed and read Elegy. You read Elegy? Oh, no. But, I've, but, but I've, we'll see what I remember because I've read Hydrology as issues when they came out. So Okay, well, I, I guess to get in because this book takes place <laughs> right after Elegy, yeah. pretty much. Uh, you want to give us the rundown of what Elegy was? Um, well, it was uh, really got into Batwoman's story after the events of New 52 and the, the um, I forget the name of the cult now, the blood cult crime Crime cult. or religion? Crime religion, yeah. yeah. The crime, religion of crime? Religion, religion of crime. crime. Yeah. It yeah. needs a new religion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Elegy takes off from that and gets into her fighting this great new villain, um, based on Alice Alice from Alice in Wonderland. Yes. Oh, in that comic. Don't they make a joke about another uh, Alice in Wonderland villain? Uh, another like Al, Al Lewis Carroll type villain referring oh, to the yeah. Joker. And I'm like, that's yeah. pretty yeah, good. They have, yeah, they should have had have the Mad Hatter, Hatter make an appearance and just get his butt kicked by this new villain. Mm. Oh yeah, the Hatter. I was thinking Joker for some reason. Uh, so, yeah. I always so, yeah. forget the Hatter. Yeah, so her fight, fighting with, and they're a continuation of the crime. They She's birthed from the crime college or crime religion, and also gets introduces her crime college is Trump University. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and this I don't remember if her dad was introduced in '52, but it really gets into her relationship with her dad in the first volume. And yeah, I in the army. I haven't started '52 yet, but uh, the funny thing with oh. Elegy is, like I said, I just finished writing a review and reading it. I borrowed uh, I borrowed the storyline from Comicsology yeah. off of uh, the Detective Comics, but it only gave me the four issues. But when I looked at the trade, what was listed in it, it was um, the following three issues after because those three were revolved around uh, Kate Kane's new origin story for New Fifty Two. Yeah. So when I was talking about it, when I wrote it, I was like, oh, "This is really weird." Like it's alluding to this backstory that I haven't seen yet. Like, I'm sure it's going to talk about it. And I'm just, ah, I wrote this whole review and submitted it. And I'm like, I missed the origin story. So I actually just finished reading the three issues after earlier this morning. And it's really good. Uh, so yeah, we're starting this one. Colton, this was your pick. Uh, I know you, I know you're a big Batwoman, Batwoman fan. I got you some art. To celebrate Batwoman. Thank you. Definitely. You did give me some art. <laughs> definitely a very interesting character, an important character. And to be a little bit more professional, uh, as quarantine has may or may not have made me maybe more productive in professionalism, I sent you both some facts, uh, just a couple snippet facts that I pulled from some very good peer-reviewed sites like uh, Wikipedia, <laughs> and, so, and some other places. Uh, so I've got a couple for each of you. Uh, Roman, why don't you read yours? Yours are a little bit more uh, character historical, I guess. Like they're, they're pretty, I just grabbed a couple quick ones so we could get back to diving in. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, 
First background fact, uh, the modern Catherine Kate Kane made her first comic book appearance in issue number seven of the Maxi series 52, or weekly series, a one-year follow-up from the events of Crisis on Infinite Earths. And following the events of Final Crisis and Battle for the Cow, in which Bruce Wayne has supposedly died and is replaced by Dick Grayson, Kate became, becomes the lead of Detective Comics from issues 854 to 863. Nice. And that's that's uh, the elegy, all the elegy stuff, plus her origin story. The yeah, at least not not up to eight fifty eight sixty three. I think it's up to eight sixty is when her origin ends. So that's like three more issues after. Uh, Colton, should tell me the facts, some fun facts that I gave for you. Yeah, it's burning up now. Character history. Our first flash fact. <laughs> Bat fact. <laughs> Unlike the Silver Age, Kathy Kane, who was romantically attracted to Batman, the new version of Kane is a lesbian, as well as Bruce Wayne's maternal cousin. Is that the end of the first night? Yes. Uh, so going off of that, the first Batwoman was still named Catherine Kane, but she was not related to Bruce Roman. Are you familiar right. with that? She was. Okay. I, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, she wasn't. I don't think she was really to Bruce at all. It was just Kane was like a. Another, I hope they weren't really. Yeah, I hope they were. Really <laughs> yeah, they were like a, they were just another, you know, top top family in Gotham. Gotcha. Okay. And, and yeah, it, her whole it was the fifties, so her whole motivation for becoming Batwoman was just because she wanted to get with Batman. Wasn't she just a little bit older than him too? Like a little bit Cougar I think, action. I think she was. Yeah, and she had a teenage sidekick. The original Batgirl, except it was Bat hyphen girl in a red <laughs> costume, and she and she had a thing for Robin, but Robin was like, "God, get away!" <laughs> <laughs> wow, I mean, <laughs> well, you know, because he was like twelve then, so <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm thinking of the old Adam West TV show, Batman, where they oh. share the same like room with like the side. Don't worry, the Comics Code would not let that fly at all. No. Yeah. Uh, so, Only heteronormative content. So, uh, and then touching on that because they rebooted her to be the cousin. Um, I mean, it's spoilers going into this and Elegy, but I don't think they ever mentioned that they were cousins at all during either this story or Elegy. That hmm. she was related to Bruce. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't remember it in the it was, elegy. It no. was an additional retcon mm -hmm. to the to the retcon <laughs> of her character. Okay, yeah. uh, the original uh, Batwoman still exists in this universe. She shows up in Batman Incorporated. So is it like she's like yeah. wiped away? No, I mean no. she is now. It's all wiped after, away now after rebirth with the blue, with the blue hand. Post rebirth. Post yeah. Post yeah. but before post rebirth. After, yeah, post post rebirth because they're doing yeah. they're getting ready for their next reboot and right. I don't even know where people are. Right, I guess the new Fifty Two. That's when she showed up. Is wasn't she like a important per head person or important person spiral or something? Oh, yeah, she's like some sort of uh, secret double agent, like like yeah. Helena was for mm -hmm. Spiral. That's cool. There is there is a cute scene in Elegy, just the scene where I noticed this time that there's a painting kind of half shown behind behind the current Batwoman when she's in her apartment. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure it's of the original Kathy. Kathy oh, <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to go back on my tablet and look at that. Uh, go ahead and give us that other fact. This is the one that I feel like you would like to talk about a little bit. In September 2013, co-authors J.H. Williams and W. Hayden Blackman announced that 
they would leave Batwoman after the December issue because of the conflicts with DC over storylines. They remarked that they were not allowed to expand on Killer Croc's backstory, keep the original ending, or show Kay in Meg Game Mary. This announcement follows a February 2013 announcement that Batwoman 17 will feature the proposal between Kay and Maggie. And DC said the reason why was because superheroes shouldn't have happy personal lives. So with this one, I remember hearing a little bit about this controversy, and I think you and I have talked about it, Colton. Uh, I mean, one, that's just, <laughs> it's kind of a kind of a BS. Yeah. Uh, it, it kind of a BS excuse, you know, you like, you can kind of see it like with new 52 also, they kind of separated a lot of characters and they weren't back with the relationships. Like Barry and Iris weren't a thing anymore. Superman and Lois, like a lot of them were separated. Yeah. But yeah. Wally West lost his wife and his kids. Yeah. He wasn't even around in new 52. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and even, like, even then we're like slowly getting to, well, I guess not because I don't even know if Superman and Lois are a thing anymore. Uh, it kind of seemed like to have taken a big step back again. Uh, but I mean, at least Barry and Iris kind of are. They've been on and off through the Flash run right now by uh, Williamson. I, I get, I don't know if it was Batman and Catwoman ever married in continuity uh, before. I think before on Alternative Earths. Yeah, on Earth, on Earth okay. two, on the original uh, Earth two. <laughs> I mean, so some characters are working towards that, but it's just like kind of lame that you can't, like, you think that your characters can't have a relationship. Um, oh yeah, because really of that's just that's just bad. Yeah, it's such uh, a dumb I, excuse. Oh, they can't have a happy. All sorts of superhero couples have been happy, and you know, later on you can destroy them or kill them or make a deal with Mephisto so they never existed as a couple. Yeah, whatever. Well, it seems like a weird, unique reason to not being explicitly homophobic. <laughs> like yeah. I, I. I mean, it definitely felt like that, but at the same time, like, I feel like they had kind of a cover with the whole, like, all the other characters weren't in relationships anymore either. But like, I, don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to offend it, but, like, it definitely, it, I feel like that would have been the push that they should have supported out of everything else. If they're going to separate other character, I think that would have been a good push, at least, because they wanted this character as, like, a, a way to represent diversity, especially within the Bat family characters of, like, different, different viewpoints and different, like, different areas well yeah so if so they should have pushed it i was yeah. if you have a female superhero who is also a lesbian the year after marriage equality got passed it seems pretty tone deaf and like they didn't handle her with an apt hand yeah yep yeah uh so yeah there's some facts uh i had some facts too a uh, couple ones uh which is one fact and one question one was recently in the last couple of days, Ruby Rose has announced that they're exiting the Batwoman CW TV series. I don't know if you saw that, Roman. No. Yeah, she is exiting. I looked up a little bit more, like the the statement she gave was that it was a tough decision and uh, she was thankful for the time, but it was mutual. Uh, some other sources were saying that it was because of the distance living in, the lo like filming in the location they were at, they were stressed working long hours and weren't happy there, didn't want to be in that filming location. So that's why they left. So they're recasting for season two because Batwoman is going to be the, one of their big flagship shows to replace Arrow. So who knows who it'll be, but wow. Ruby Rose is gone. And that was the perfect casting because it's two names that 
represent the color red. Mm -hmm. And there oh, they go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, was, was, she, was she Batwoman? I haven't seen the show. She was Batwoman, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, she showed up um, in the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover, and then she started her show. I was at LA Comic Con last year, and they had big banners across the city for Comic Con with her, like for CW, all over the place. She looks like 100% Batwoman. I don't know because yeah. I haven't started the show yet. I wanted to binge it when it was done. Uh, so I don't know. Like when I watched the CW Crisis on Infinite Earths, like, there wasn't much time to get to know the character. Yeah. So I'm curious to see, but it's it's a bummer and I'm curious to see who they recast as well. Yeah. Uh, my other fact, not really a fact, more like a question that also was came up again. I, I thought about it before I started reading the story. And then once the story started, I... It just brought it to light again. Uh, so can no one in Gotham operate as a hero or vigilante without Batman's okay? Or like being forced to work for him? Like it seems like, what, what did I put? Aggressive operations management. Because as soon as Batwoman <laughs> shows up, he's like immediately like got to check this person out and yeah. then tell them that they have to follow his rules. It's his city. Uh, and, and that further help. He, he's like a gentrifying force of superheroing. I don't know any other superhero <laughs> that just like comes in and tells other superheroes what to do on like, this is my, like you follow my rules at this place. Oh, it's his city. It's his city. Yeah. Well, that's funny because like a half an hour before this podcast even started, I actually saw a thread that popped up regarding Batwoman uh, during DC Rebirth, where Batman tells Catwoman or Batwoman she has three strikes, and then if she gets the third strike, it's you'll then you'll never be Batwoman again. So people were starting this whole thing, and people were just be it's because he's Batman. That's why that's his symbol. It just like became this whole thing where like oh, it's not a bat. The bat symbol's public domain. It was fascinating, but I couldn't really get any other reasoning because other than it's his city. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I don't think, think Superman tells people to like, no, gotta work for me. Yeah, eventually Superman might show up and go, hey, good job, glad you're out here. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. What an asshole, Batman. <laughs> but yeah, Batman, yeah, well, he's got it's control issues. He's an aggressive yeah. business tactics. He takes it from the company to the streets. Yep, uh, he's got control <laughs> issues, it's his city. It never used to be that way, like in, I don't know, it was, 70s and stuff there was guys like the demon running around and the creeper and yeah. you know ragman and sometimes you know, might... after the dark night that's where that more totalitarian authoritarian yeah. <laughs> streak just kind of became part of his canonical character yeah i think so <laughs> i mean even like in the batman and the outsiders run that's going right now every time it's supposed to be about the outsiders he's just like micromanaging them so hard i'm like batman chill <laughs> you Is can trust still, people god he's still doing that the black lightning <laughs> uh the last issue i checked uh it was like five he was and they're still going i'm not sure but it, it was a little rough um so we can start diving in i mean i did miss uh before we reset uh i was gonna do a little check-in and see what's new what have, have you guys read anything or done anything new or we could just skip that i don't know you guys want to talk about anything First, any, any new shows you finished binging or books you read, or do you guys want to just dive in into this water-based story? I watched Solar Opposites. That was really good. That was really good. Have you cool. I've been have you seen about, that? You're curious about Have you seen uh, Rick and Morty, right, no, Roman? But, yeah. 
Yeah. It's really good. It's yeah. uh, <laughs> I I there's a lot more continuity to it than Rick and Morty. Yeah, they've got a they've got a good story going on, and I actually felt more like I could understand the references to Solar Opposites <laughs> than Rick and Morty. But it was great. Uh, what about cool. anything else? Uh, what we do in the shadows. What we do in the shadows. Yeah, uh, uh, the movie or the TV show. Love the TV show, FX TV show. I love that show. Always hilarious. How we so good. We watched the first couple episodes, but we need to restart rewatching it. We got sidetracked watching so many other things. I think it's one of the best comedies out there. I know. I've been watching so much and reading so much. Yeah, let's see. I've my wife and I just finished watching the Netflix documentary story, uh, Have a Good Trip, where it's all about uh hallucinogenics like LSD and mushrooms and other things. So it like uh you act like uh Carrie Fisher's in it. Uh, guy from Hungry Ghosts, the writer for Hungry Ghosts that passed away, the chef that he's more famous oh, for oh, knowing for the chef. Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain's in it. Ben Stiller's in it. Uh, some comedians are all in it. They talk about their experience. Sting's in it. They talk about their experiences on these different drugs and what their effects were on them. And like they give they give the old facts that were given back in like the early days uh, when they were coming out, and then like the real facts of what these things are. It was really interesting. We watched, we finished Solar Opposites. We watched Undone. Uh, it was an Amazon show that's all done in rotoscoping. It was yeah. super cool. It was like explored schizophrenia and like also maybe like uh, universe traversing through sh shamanistic rituals. It was, I, it I was feel, wild. I feel like you're just like filling a Woodstock or <laughs> what's the desert one? Uh, the five Coachella? No, like the Man on Fire. Burning Man. Burning. Man. <laughs> I don't know. Ky Kylie picked the uh, Have a Good Trip. I picked Undone, and then we also start. We're continuing our Healthy Quinn watch, and we just watched. Uh, we just watched Star Girl. Oh, it cool. Premiered. Ian's ironic. You're talking about all these like fun, trippy, like psychedelic things. I watched Midsummer <laughs> uh, two days ago. So you're on both ends of the, the hallucinogenic spectrum. Uh, I'd recommend Stargirl, though. Jeff yeah. Johns, I was a little nervous with it. There was definitely one scene where I was like, well, this show's kind of over at this point. Uh, but overall, my wife and I had a lot of fun watching it. And all we could say is Luke Wilson plays an excellent stepdad in that. Uh, also playing Stripe. That was great. And then, yeah, read a lot. I just got done reading Elegy. I've been reading a lot of the digital firsts for DC, the Vendetti's uh, Superman, uh, Steve Orlando's Aquaman. I've been reading Wonder Woman. Those have all been super good. And then I just finished Secret Empire uh, as my big read for for the last two weeks. And that was that was good. That was really good. Uh, yeah. Cool. Fun. Yeah. Watch I, Watch as I hijack this, and then you know, all of a sudden, go. Oh, welcome to the Secret Empire <laughs> episode, where we're actually going to be talking about Secret Empire. Uh, yeah. Well, let's talk about Batwoman. Let's talk about this New Fifty Two Batwoman, since we're well along on our ways here. Uh, so, Colton, tell tell us about hydrology. You know, I know all about water. Eighty percent of it, all my life. All my life. Um, my favorite Aquaman oh. story. <laughs> Thing about this book, uh, I had a title name and I had to clear it with my wife if she thought it was a good name. And I'll, I'll wait till the end to reveal it because <laughs> for, for dramatic effect. So tell, tell us what's going on in this. 
All right, so we start in Batwoman issue zero, which uh, gives a little bit of a uh, introduction to the character for people who haven't read Elegy. Uh, we just see her kind of going about her business and uh, Batman is observing her and silently judging her all the time. <laughs> also just point out that I think this is also an elegy they did this to. They J.H. Williams loves making these spooky, like scary, smiley Batwoman <laughs> panels. <laughs> like she's excited to go in to beat up some criminals. Well, she is apparently unnecessarily rough when she uh, does hand-to-hand uh, -hand combat. Yeah, Batwoman judges are pretty hard on that. Uh, I also uh, get a few of my uh, few favorite moments with Batman's character. Uh, when he's in disguise and not Batman, when he's like matches or just whenever he's just anybody, uh, that's by part of his stealth when he's watching her at the club. Yeah, he, he disguises himself multiple different times. He goes from a, a cemetery worker to a homeless veteran. To a librarian. To a librarian, some guy at the club. Uh, yeah, he, he loves getting in those disguises. He even attacks her in disguise. Yeah, the, the attacking in disguise one was probably the most ridiculous of it because it's like, Batman, you're a crazy person. Like, <laughs> on the off chance that you were wrong, like, you're insane. Well, also, when she does his flip kick, he, he kind of likes it. He's like falling backwards and thinking, oh, that was good. That was a solid one. I can definitely uh, use that to just, uh, decide whether. Uh, Kathy Kane is uh, Batwoman or not. Oh, I love the contrast in these panels too when they do it, when it has this Batman uh, in disguise trying to mug her, where she does her flip and kicks him and he notices the solid precision. And it contrasts below J.H. Williams with like, the way the panels uh, and the bat symbol is lined out through it. It shows her in her Batwoman costume like simultaneously because it bounces back and forth between her and present time as he's observing her and his notes. So. You see her kind of doing this upside down flip kick hitting Batman while simultaneously she's doing the kind of mirroring of it in the following in the below panel as Batwoman. So they line up like beautifully. I, it's, it's very cool. I really loved what J.H. Williams uh, did with the art and the paneling of this story. It was, it was super creative throughout the whole thing. Yeah, there's definitely some of the most complex uh, paneling you'll ever see in comics. But it's also done with a very controlled hand through the whole thing. Mm -hmm. It's always a lot going on, but it's never impossible to understand what's going on. It's always beautiful and uh, unique, too. Um, yes, yeah, so the first issue, she's just punching, Batman's judging, and then he's very happy at the end that she has PTSD. <laughs> yeah, he's like, that's the one thing you need to be a good bat person. I looking at this panel though now, uh, right before the end of this zero issue where he's putting the binoculars down, I'm noticing the uh the design of the binoculars, the circle things, and it made me laugh because I totally thought in the first opening panel of this zero issue of Batman looking through the binoculars, I thought it was that's zooming. I thought it was zooming in on his eyes, and they were just two big round circles. <laughs> So it just looks super cartoonish, but uh, it's just a binocular design. Uh, yeah, it's it a good start to the start to this one. 
so yeah so we get he gets to kind of get his impressions and yeah we we break into the the, the meat of this story the the fishy meat the water yeah with some with some beautiful panels to start off once again with this uh character who's got kind of like the panels are which is like flowing with water they're like dripping uh, like they're heavily inked and everything it's cool it's super cool flowy it's it's gorgeous so oh uh, yeah the first issue of bow woman opens up with la lorena probably uh very not pronouncing that with any sort of a Latin accuracy at all. I thought it was La Lorna. Hello. Roman. <laughs> I, have to, I have to look. How do you spell right. it? La, it's L A L L O R N A. Lorona? The Weeping Woman. See, look, the, we have to go with the Weeping the Woman. Weeping let's, not, woman. <laughs> let's not be assholes and continue to try to I, mispronounce it. We'll I know my lane. I know where I'm safe. <laughs> <laughs> Stick to the yeah, I don't know. La, La Llorona? But oh, yeah, the Weeping Woman. <laughs> Let's go with the, the Weeping Woman. The Weeping Woman. Yeah. Uh, so we see her. She has sort of glamoured a family. And there's three kids that are separated from their parents. And she, just the animation of her crying to a degree into a child's mouth to drown them is very disturbing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. spooky. Yeah, I remember that. That's beautifully done, but yeah, really unsettling. <laughs> it's just it's almost ridiculous too. It's like very campy, uh, but still very well done. So yeah. Batwoman crashes in, and then at the same time we find out that the story is being told in the future at the police station. Uh so Batwoman busts in she apparently has some sort of holy magical uh grappling hook that can uh, banish angry spirits because <laughs> uh, she just shoots the weeping woman with her uh grappling hook and she's gone that's it yeah that's all it's hook yeah meanwhile like the panels of the kids in the bottom are like flowing away with the water it's oh, spooky I I always wonder when I read something that J.H. Williams has done, I always start thinking, I wonder if you could, if you took out all the text and all the dialogue, how much of the story would you still get? I feel like you'd still get the gist of the story just from Mm -hmm. this beautiful art. Yeah, because even in Elegy, it was like really well done. Yeah, Yeah, it was all there. I mean, you keep the Alice's dialogue in there because it made no sense anyways in Elegy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fine too, but yeah, it's beautiful. I, I don't, Top of my heads, I can't even remember how many things I've seen from J.H. Williams, but after reading this and reading Elegy, I was in a big kick for seeing some more. Like, it would be cool if he came back to Batwoman. And I was telling Colton, uh, I would love to see, like, a new Batwoman series come back, also with uh, Stuart's colors, with, with how bold he makes the red pop for that character. I would love to see a Batwoman and Bluebird team up, like, bring Bluebird yeah. back in, too, and kind of have, like, that as a Robin ca- counterpart for her. I think that would look good with the contrasting red and blue. Oh, that'd be a good story. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. All right, sorry, continue. No, you're all good. So Batwoman saves up the day. Uh, she, we then cut to the police station. 
and Kate Kane is uh, coming to ask Maggie out, which we like, even if it, uh, DC doesn't like it for whatever reason. Uh, yeah, well, they like it. Up. Yeah. Not enough to marry it. Did they not marry the idea? There we go. There's the joke. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> you get, like air horn sound effects. Yeah, I, I liked it too. That they were a good couple. It was good. Yeah, they were. They, they knew. They knew. Uh, so we get the date, and then we go to pr- later in the day. I'm assuming. And we get a training session between Batwoman and Flamebird. Her cousin Flamebird, who, okay, I didn't, so was she Flamebird in during Elegy? Had she been Flamebird for a while? I don't even know who that character is, but apparently she fought Deathstroke. Yeah, she fought Deathstroke and she's Batwoman's cousin. Like, that's as much as I knew. My favorite part, though, when they did mention that, was they just quickly went to the next subject, like, didn't even address it like, well, whatever, he's having a bad day. Yeah. Well, Kate was an asshole to Flamebird this whole like story. Constantly. Yeah. There was I could not find any other justifiable reason except one time Batman said, Careful with those sidekicks, they tend to turn out evil. I'm like, that's <laughs> a poor excuse. Yeah. And like I, you know, I try to chalk it to um her feeling upset that learning that Alice in Elegy was her sister. Um, you find that out throughout the last couple issues of the origin story in Detective Comics that Batwoman's in. She gets tested to make sure that Alice's blood is actually the same matching blood as hers for twins, and it was. So, I mean, I guess, like, at this point, she was still grieving and kind of taking that personally and wanted to kind of distance herself. But then it made no sense to bring in Flamebird to, like, train more but then also constantly tell her that she's not qualified or good enough. It was weird. Yeah. It, and, I'm, and she wasn't in Elegy. Um, she showed up in Elegy uh, when she? Maggie, yeah, when Maggie was introduced, because she's the daughter of, she's the stepsister. Or she's, isn't she the stepsister? I, I don't say, her name is Betty Kane. I thought that was the girl that got sh- that showed up during um, the the fundraiser that Kate went to with the parents, where she met Maggie, because there was another girl there who was saying that she was thinking about moving to uh, Gotham University and stuff, and she was like, "Oh, it's lonely. It'd be cool to hang out if I move here." And then Kate kind of just bailed on her after using her cell phone. I'm pretty sure that's her. But I had no indication that she was Flamebird, or I still don't even know who Flamebird is. So she's she's a DC There's, character that's been around for a while. Yeah, on another screen here, I'm looking up the Flamebird, and there's actually been six different characters in the, oh. the DC history that have been named Flamebird. Wow. And like the first one was the identity of Jimmy Olsen. No, oh. the first one was actually the Batman and Robin of Candor was Nightwing and Flamebird, two Candorians. Oh. <laughs> okay and that's where dick grayson got the nightwing name from yeah met them oh clever. And, and yeah this betty came until she gets wounded and then she becomes a different superhero called hawkfire which i don't even remember that oh <laughs> interesting i wonder what she's doing now in current continuity yeah they kind of just didn't pay any oh, attention to her a body in heroes in crisis there's a big rug and everything gets swept under it when they're <laughs> when they need it to be yeah 
And they're like, we need a character. Where's that rug? <laughs> Check under it. Uh, so where else are we? So we got Maggie. We got Maggie and Kate talking. We got to see Flamebird for a second. Then we cut to a two-page uh, little mini storyline where we're starting to find out about uh, Dio. 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 Stay fresh. <laughs> they do stay fresh on uh, all the current superheroes in Gotham. Uh, so what happens here is that a special agent or an organization ca called Dio, Department of Extra Normal Operation, which I don't think really comes up in other comics, does it? It's in the Supergirl show as the DEO. Yeah, and they were big in like the late 80s. Okay. Yeah. And then they're most That's recently they were most recently they were, they were big in cast. <laughs> They were bit. They were a big part of the um. What was that Bendis storyline? The uh, oh Leviathan. Leviathan, yeah. I mean, they were they were there for they were one the, five panels. Yeah, they were one of the organizations that got destroyed in the beginning of the yeah. Leviathan. Uh, yeah, I, they were pretty good. Like in the the rebirth run of Super Supergirl, though I still don't know too much about this Director Bones guy, except that I freaking love him. I also love that he's got a just a silly tie on. I don't understand his character, but he's a mood and yeah, his... and he's from like Suicide Squad in the 80s or something, one of the previous series. I yeah, like I didn't know he was already in New 52 as sort of like a business runner like he kind of showed up at the end of New 52 Supergirl is like I'm taking over. I'm like, oh, it's like a villain that turned kind of like a good guy, responsible in charge of like a big a big organization. But great, he's a mood. When he doesn't want to go to Gotham, I'm like, I totally understand that. Like, I don't want to go to Gotham a lot of the <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, nobody wants to go to Gotham. Uh, so the DO basically just wants to uh, find out who Batwoman is and take her as an asset. So then we then cut again. We're going all over the place in this comic uh, to a crime scene of the Weeping One uh, where apparently two or three kids' bodies are found. Yeah. Not happy. No. Very no. beautifully done. Yeah, the, the okay. Weeping Woman kind of taking place as the center of this two-page spread as her like hair spreads out and the panels kind of fit between the strands is really cool. Uh, like I like the clockwise motion of that, and then yeah, we get more training with Flamebird and Kate being very critical. Oh, very critical. A very fun villain. A bunch of uh, super balls. Yeah, <laughs> where they could whack cue ball, the cue ball whack jobs like cue ball and the pool hall gang. <laughs> like super low D-list type characters. And then the next page is really cool. We basically get all of Elegy in two pages. I love it. I don't know. What do you think of it? It's a good summary. Yeah. Like it's a great recap. You know, you get all the backstory. You get kind of where Kate started to where Elegy ended, you know, 
explain the relationship between her and her dad, which was very solid and very strong. Like, especially, I love that at the end of the elegy issues uh, for Batwoman's origin, like the relationship of her dad, who's just like, oh, I found out you're doing this stuff. Like, I can't let you do this unless we do it right. I'm going to get you everything you need kind of thing. He's been a super supportive, even at the beginning of elegy too. He's like very much, you know, concerned for her, but understands her frame of mind of, as soldiers like continuing their mission and stuff. Uh, so it, like, it was a very, really cool balance to see compared to Alfred as like this dad, but also this very military mindsetted man kind of being there for his daughter. And then it just kind of all goes out the window in this, unfortunately. Batwoman yeah. is like very upset because he knew that Beth was, or Alice was Beth, the twin sister that went, mm. that was supposedly dead. In the this issue ends with Batman uh, offering Kate to be part of Batman Incorporated, which the next issue quickly shows her denying that offer, which I love. She said she was thinking about it. Well, while she's doing uh, Mortal Kombat punching. Yeah. And then... We cut away again to Maggie and the agent from the DO talking about Batwoman's identity. And the DO agent thinks that Maggie could be Batwoman, which makes sense. Hey, you ran a solid track. Uh, track a time. Yeah, you ran a solid marathon time back at Metropolis. You might be Batwoman. And then we get some more uh, Weeping Woman action. She is crying into mouths. It's very not so social distancing. Very, I feel like salty. Mm-hmm. Those tears, yeah, those tears, tears. salty. <laughs> Seawater. I like yeah. having another villain that's based in a, a, a Mexican folktale or something, whatever her origins mm-hmm. are. That'd be cool. Yeah. And then we get Kate and Maggie at a bar. They're drinking wine. But at the very end of the night, uh, they separate because uh, Kate has some uh, work to do. Yes. And Maggie gets called into a big crime scene. Uh, that is the end result of a giant battle between the religion of crime, crime of religion, religion of crime, and uh, Medusa, which is apparently the organization behind the Weeping Woman, or might be somehow related to all this spooky wookie activity. Let's see what else is going on. Uh, Kate then breaks into Maggie's office and steals some records and then tries to go to a location associated with the Weeping Woman and she gets sucked down. Which is just awful. I would never want to be like pulled down the water. (laughs) No. Especially with that hair that she has. It must be really heavy. And uh, as of Elegy, the last couple of issues, Elegy, 
Gotham Harbor, famously known for its dark, soupy water. So you ain't seeing anything down there. Yeah. Killer sharks, killer crocs. <laughs> killer croc. <laughs> He's working through his problems, man. <laughs> See, Batwoman then punches her way through ghosts. I, I don't know what she has. Does she have like uh, eighth metal in her uh, uh, gear? I don't know. She's just fears no go. She's bust em. She's Batwoman. She don't need she don't need no nth metal. She just does. She just does. She's just that weave. That good weave. Uh, she gets out of the water. She uh, gets attacked by the agents. She uh, just spot a ghost, but apparently uh, she still has energy to uh, take out some government uh, bureaucrats. And she gets back to her place and uh, just talks mad shit to her cousin or stepsister. She snubs that flame bird. Yeah, she once again, out of nowhere, just goes off on her and tells her that she should not be doing what she's doing. She shouldn't be cut out for vigilante life and basically causes her to storm out. Like, good job. I, I was kind of gathering from that I went through this really horrible night uh, where I almost died a few times and I don't want you to have that life. Yeah, like I kept trying to like understand like, I mean, especially after she just found out her sister was alive and then gone, like she is definitely trying to keep those types of like those family members out. Like I get it, but as as always from an outside reader looking in, never the smartest idea as uh as following events ensue, never should have went with that route because it, it uh, doesn't go well. So after that, uh, Batwoman goes in, showers up, and she's just going to go to bed after a long day uh, where Flamebird decides to uh, go out and fight some crime. Hell yeah. I'm going to do the exact opposite of what you just said. <laughs> yeah, but nobody's getting sleep tonight because Maggie's over... Uh, so, uh, Batwoman cries, Maggie consoles her, and then, uh, Flamebird just launches into the night. Do some vigilante stuff. Uh, we get some really, uh, blurry and foggy, uh, steamy, steamy, yes, uh, very otherworldly, uh, artwork with uh maggie and kate good thing there's a mature content warning in the description of our podcast am i right roman <laughs> it, it's really uh beautiful art it almost like it was like uh, done with just like a pencil mm-hmm. uh very uh, there's a lot of very cool diversity in the art style in this book so it's always a cool visual treat uh where they always try to really take a high concept approach to it uh I say that as Flamebird uh, attacks a hook man <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, out in the streets. Uh, so she's just going straight for us. They even call him a B-movie slasher villain. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess the way he is. That, I don't remember. Uh, Does I mean, is he made of hooks? Does he have hooks for hands? He has a hook hand. He has one oh. hook hand. But he's he also very Frankenstein. He looks a little Solomon Grundy. Yeah. Oh, 
Yeah, I love the panels for this um, between, you know, the steamy, like, kind of photo panels of uh, what's going on with Kate and Maggie, but I love the Flamebird panels is how they're literally, like, burning, the panels are burning hmm. and, like, deteriorating. Um, I don't know if you can see this, Roman. I forgot you don't have, like, the book with you and stuff. You can, like, see the panels there kind of, like, oh, yeah. burning all around the edges and stuff. Yeah. Super cool. I really liked, I loved how creative J.H. Williams got with this one. Even in the lettering and stuff too that they did, uh, mm -hmm. Klein and like for all the different characters, for this Hookman, for the Weeping Woman, Batwoman, even like in this panel right here, you can see like, uh, what does it say? I think it says, I can't even read it. Like I know this last part like says story or estuary. Hmm. I don't know. I'll have to look at that more, but it's very, very cool. Clever. His artwork, yeah. Um, I first became aware of him when he did Promethea with Alan Moore, and I love that series. And that's a and that's a very <clears throat> fantasy, wild panels and art. And it's just gorgeous. Yeah. So that was a it's a good interesting issue. You know, the comp the comparison of Flamebird out fighting crime while uh, Maggie and Kate are you know doing business fighting their tension fighting fighting that the crime known as tension sexual mm -hmm. tension uh starting the patriarchy so you know <laughs> based off the, the theme of the story hydrology and it's water-based villain and you know some characters are you know fighting comfort in others i was wondering if this title should this episode should just be get wet <laughs> no i don't think it should <laughs> <laughs> it won't I told my wife that she she thought that was the funniest idea, and I was like, I don't know, but no, that'll be a. <laughs> There's a lot of flood basements with this one, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's it's too low hanging of a fruit of a story called hydrology with water based villains to not have a water themed pun title. I called that's our true. last. That's true. I call our last episode Magneto's history and origins. I couldn't be more straightforward <laughs> with that one because I just could not lightheartedly joke about Holocaust stuff. Yeah, it's it hard was... to pull off a lighthearted Holocaust joke. This one was like... It sounds like a really bad challenge to internet comedians. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they got time to figure it out. It's quarantine. What are they going to do? With it. Let's go with it. Get wet. Get wet. <laughs> I'll find some version of it. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so... Flamebird gets uh gets wrecked pretty hard. She gets a uh, she gets a little overconfident. Hookman McGrundy sinks his hook into her and leaves her bleeding out for dead. Uh, looks like the DEO picked her up and uh, they they don't have any idea of who she is, so they tell her she's dying. Anybody you want to talk to? And she drops the name Kate Kane. They trick her pretty bad. They trick her pretty bad uh, and take advantage of her. Uh, so the DEO now just has access, like they know who Batwoman is, and they end up making the the same kind of offer to Batwoman that Batman did. That with health insurance. With health insurance, great benefits. Uh, she's got to work for somebody. And the last issue wraps up with her tracking down the Weeping Woman uh, to the place where her kids drowned, and you know they go through kind of like this back and forth until she starts like a psychological. Uh, battle on Batwoman where she starts seeing visions of Beth that are kind of like synced up like dying 
and Batwoman breaks free of it before she uh, takes out the Weeping Woman who kind of drops the name Medusa who's behind all of this. And that's kind of where we leave off of this issue after, you know, the DEO is like, we know you're Batwoman. So that's what it is. Batwoman or Batman kind of says that they're going to take advantage of her. And she, no matter what, she says she's going to soldier on. She's going to do what her mission was from the very beginning. Uh, super fun read. I am really, that, I mean, before I start on uh, that DC Rebirth, Wonder Woman again. I probably should just finish all the New Fifty Two Batwoman because that was good. And the way it ends is like such a good cliffhanger. You don't have to read the last two. Is that like with the theme with all New Fifty Two books? Is just don't read the last two. It's usually when you see the writer's name change, you don't need to change it with it. And well, I mean, <laughs> from the facts that we kind of read, uh, there's probably a good indication why. Uh, I mean, Roman, from what you remember, from no. The, what do you think of Elegy? There you go, since you already read that. Yeah, you read that. <laughs> Tell us your thoughts on Elegy, because, I mean, you've got J.H. Williams in there, and yeah. it's Batwoman. And yeah. it basically, yeah. it, I, almost is basically the start of this yeah, story. Yeah, the first half. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, great record who created this Batwoman. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked it. It was really good. I was reading it. It was funny, because I'm, I'm so disappointed, and even more so now that my memory's been jogged. I'm so disappointed now with, like, what's happened between her and her dad and the fact that they don't use the character Batwoman anymore. I mean, she was yeah, in that, she was in that like detective comic storyline as part of the Bat family. And they kind of just kept pushing her to get like yeah. more and more distance out of it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It, was, it was like that storyline, you know, they rescued Tim and got him back and kind of pushed her aside and yeah. nobody does anything with her character anymore. And she's no, such a great and, character. And Batman, she has a TV show and there's, why aren't they still not doing it? Yeah, usually it. with all the shows coming out, they push a comic or something for it, and Batwoman didn't get anything. That's yeah. that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. That's very interesting. Yeah, that's a bummer because I really liked uh I mean when I before I got back into detective comics when I saw that uh Tomasi was writing them, I was reading the first couple volumes of detective comics that you were getting, Colton during like the monster the monster men and all mm-hmm. that stuff and it was really good like all the way up until before right before they got tim back i really liked having batwoman in there and that's a bummer like her also being gone from her own solo series but like i feel like that's a trend with like a lot of the kind of female characters the women characters in mm-hmm. comics because Supergirl's going to be done in two issues and i don't like i haven't seen anything before corona even happened I didn't see anything in previews mentioning where she was going to be next. Uh, Poison Ivy hasn't been used in anything uh, continuity-based since that Harley Quinn Poison Ivy like partner book that came out right. based off of the end of Heroes in Crisis. And they when, they ended that with her kind of sacrificing herself to stop her evil counterpart. And she hasn't been used since. So right. I, it just pushes a lot of characters up. Lana Lang hasn't been used since her Superwoman series ended. Uh, who, who else? Black Canary hasn't been used. Huntress no. hasn't been used. Like, at best, they've shown up as like background characters or like two panel cameos. So it's yeah. it's kind of a bummer, and I'm really hoping that this new direction that they they have talked about going for a while, when they kept bringing like the rumors of this 5G thing before Corona happened, like hoping that we see more push 
for solo titles that are focused on the women of DC because I feel like there are less and less of them and they're there, like they're in that world. I mean, I mean, they can easily pull from and make, can do stories for so many of them. I think the only ones I know that are going is Wonder Woman, Harley Quinn, and is Catwoman still ongoing? I'm not sure. Yeah, there's not many. Pretty sure it is. Yeah, it's so disappointing because, you know, why can't DC do like Marvel, you know, did over the last however many years, five years or whatever, and get some innovative new writers and artists in and do stuff like, you know, Beauty I mean, they did, they got Bendis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they got um, Bendis and Bendis brought a bunch of people over. They're yeah, doing. yeah, but yeah, they had Unbeatable Squirrel Girl and Wasp, which unfortunately both gone now, but they were great titles with, with women as central characters and they were innovative and fun and completely new. Even right now, like they're Marvel's still doing a great job. I mean, they've got, I mean, besides like their Captain Marvel and um, like Ghost Spider, I mean, they've got other stuff that keeps cranking up. Like they just cranked out Amazing Mary Jane that got a couple extra issues added to it. Black Cat by McKay has been fantastic. It's been one of my favorite oh, yeah. Marvel reads. Yeah, Black Cat. Ironheart. I mean, they, they still are putting out a good number of like female titles, which I love. Yeah, the new Spider putting, Woman book is good. Sp- oh, that Spider Woman was so good. I'm yeah. so sad it's going to be so long till the next issue. Yeah, so why can't DC do this? Yeah, like, or they're putting these these characters as lead characters to teams. I mean, I guess they have Wonder Woman taking over in Snyder's sequel to Metal, uh, his. I don't even know what it's called. Dark? Death metal. Death metal. Yeah, I guess so. Wonder Woman's going to be the it's more classic. centralized. He, she's going to be a more centralized character. I'm like, that's great, and I like that Wonder Woman's going to focus. But what about other stories? Like, we also have other characters besides Wonder Woman and Harley Quinn that we could use, yeah. like, like Batwoman, <laughs> like Batwoman, yes. or you know, yeah, Supergirl, Black Canary. Like, I, I'd be totally fine if they started up. Like, since Green Arrow's been gone for almost two years now start up a new comic where it's black canary comic and then just have green arrow as the supporting hero like just swap the title like swap the character as the main focus i think like switch it up like this is this is the time like there's never there's never not a time to do something as long as it stays in continuity well i think it's probably really money orientated oh yeah and it should be really from the inside out where if they're going to put out these books for these really cool female characters, they need to make the Justice League focus on the net of events where they actually seem relevant and cool and badass in the current context to make fans want to follow those stories, feel like they're going to get a greater look into this universe. It's, it's a lot of things. Like, I think that, you know, putting... It's the same thing I talked about when the... And new writers... Any writers that I like, thing I talked about with the DC New Age of Heroes after Metal ended, where all the characters were labeled as spinning out of the events of Metal. When I mean, half those titles didn't even have anything to do with Metal, or never even alluded really to it. But the fact was that they never, like, I love that it was artist like priority in those, but they never pushed those characters outside of their own stories really, except for maybe one or two where they made like a couple. Like I know. Um, one of the characters from Unexpected showed up in Supergirl for like two panels. 
Yeah. And, or like two of them did, or I think Sideways showed up, Sideways showed up in Young Justice recently, but just as like a cameo. So, I mean, they've yeah. shown these characters, but like they never pushed when Metal was going on, like seeing these characters develop, like we could have seen, like they could have easily dropped a page or two in some of those tie-ins or within the main story of like seeing somehow they got their powers if they weren't going to like dive into it and their issues. They could have shown up more in crossovers with the main flagship titles to like push them, like put them in a six issue ori origin story or six issue story arc with like the flash or something. So you can see and get more info on these characters and be like, I'd be interested to check out more. They just kind of threw them out there. And then if something's stuck, it's stuck. And the only one that's stuck so far is the terrifics, which is issue 27 coming out. And the other thing is also for new readers is taking advantage of your movies. Like we just said, Batwoman doesn't have, Batwoman didn't get any kind of new comic launch or story where Harley Quinn, the movie came out and they had uh, two different black label comics announced for it. One with like Pal Palamody or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the other one that hasn't come out that Azarello is doing that people are kind of on the fence about. And then they have all the Harley Joker stories coming out. So like they're pushing that, but they're all black label ones too. So little kid, well also Harley Quinn movies rated R. But like the Wonder Woman one, like Wonder Woman's coming out, you can, you already have Wonder Woman comics. You'll probably make some young reader, more young reader ones that are short stories. But like push some more female heroes. Like, like use, like movies are a great opportunity for young readers because that's their entry point is seeing these movies of like, oh, I want more of this character instead of just watching the movie. They have, they have the tools to do it. I, who knows, maybe hopefully, you know, quarantine and COVID has been an opportunity for DC. Also, Unfortunately, like with them, like losing Dan Didio, like I mean, they've had to rethink things. I don't think the free comic book day generation thing that they were going to do with uh, Wally West, Dr. Manhattan, or any of that stuff has been brought up in previews since, uh, since they started putting stuff out again. I don't like, they haven't talked about it. So who knows what's going on? Like they're restructuring everything potentially. I mean, Snyder's death metal is getting extended, right? It's getting like some extra stuff. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So they could do, they, they, hopefully this has been a time for them to plan out what they want to do as they're kind of having to react to their own universe's continuity since Rebirth kind of ended and Metal started and Bendis has come on. They've had to react to how everything's kind of losing its continuity and it's like cohesiveness. They have to figure out how to get that back on track and how, where they can go next. I feel like that's their first step, but then how can they introduce characters like Batwoman again? And bring different these characters back like they need they need to they need to i i can't I'll, i'm not i can't handle staying in gotham for the same like i like the writers like i like tomasi for detective comics and stuff but i don't want to stay in batman land forever i want to like explore more of gotham from other views from other eyes like so batwoman or other characters that are in gotham so like yeah. flagship yeah. titles need to they don't need to replace like they were talking about all new brand new characters that are completely original like you could just focus your energy on characters that have been around that just haven't had focus and you have the opportunity to tell compelling stories of these characters in a new modern world that they haven't had the chance to be told in like it's the opportunities are endless for them uh yeah but yeah um i'll go ahead oh i was gonna say we should talk about the opportunities of writing this book no <laughs> segueing in but you go first Roman before we actually finalize oh, this book no I, I was just gonna further what you said that yeah it is disappointing that 
especially in Batwoman Elegy, Batwoman Hydrology, you you have a main character and you have villains that aren't the normative stuff we always see. Um, even La, La Llorona, however you say it, is, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, you know, a, a folklore-based, I think, um, mm -hmm. villain based on another culture's mythology. It's like, wow, these are some really cool things happening. And Rachel Maddow's introduction and in, in elegy. It's so good. Yeah, it's so good. And, you know, I hadn't thought about that when I first read it way back when. But yeah, that villain, Alice, is, is you know, non-heteronormative. I think Rachel Maddow describes her as genderqueer. And it's like, wow, this is really cool characters. It's something different. and. It's not like the focus of that villain. She just is that. And and reading it, I was like, man, I want to see this villain and the Joker decimating Gotham. Yes. <laughs> and the heroes have to deal with this. That'd be really interesting. Yeah. So it's disappointing that this is all just not, nothing's happening with it. Well, for people listening, uh, our lovely Infinity Gems, if uh batwoman new 52 hydrology or just batwoman the character sounds interesting in general then i would definitely look into picking this story up or any of her stories up at your local comic shops if you lived near one or online you know the sales for batwoman speak and hopefully dc will notice that if they start seeing batwoman flying off the shelves and, and people talking about batwoman that could be that could be a thing and hopefully when season two of batwoman uh, with the new recasted act, uh, lead actress comes on, they'll uh, they'll think about trying to promote that with a series again, like a reseries launch. I would like that. Uh, so, Colton, between you and I, uh, we're gonna get Roman's rating of Elegy, and you and I are gonna rate Hydrology. <laughs> now, Roman, what would you give Elegy? And I would I would give Elegy a boy, a nine and a half, a ten. I mean, God, it, it's. Uh, so many great levels of storytelling just visually and you know and the dialogue the, the villain i mean it's all so cool it was so good. well done it was very good i definitely did I that one have poison bats no okay <laughs> no that was in the uh rebirth uh alice storyline okay i'm excited to read rebirth when to see her again uh okay so hydrology colton switcher books so I'll, I'll go next uh i would have given this book definitely an eight out of ten and i'd give it a nine but even as a person that could see from the outside like we said with kate um obviously being protective and not wanting family to get hurt or her anything emotionally i'm still upset by that and i didn't like the treatment of uh i didn't like the treatment to her dad or her stepsister bet so that made me very sad but a really, really good story. I think this is one of the most unique DC comics I've read for Williams's art um, with the color alone, but also just like how creative he got with the panels and the way things flowed. I it really stood out. I'll give I'll give it a nine. It was it was good. I really liked it a lot. Cool. I'll give it ten. Tears forced into uh, children's <laughs> mouths. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Well, that's She's it. One of my favorite characters. Little, well, the Weeping Woman or Batwoman? Uh, Batwoman. Batwoman. She, I, I feel like 
I like her more than Batman. She's just like more of a Batman. she's more of an interesting character. Batman is the goat. He's my favorite, but she is the character that most excites me. And if there's somebody I know who is in the comics but likes darker tones or likes uh, queer stories or strong female characters, uh, I always first hand them this book or recommend this one. Can I let you in on a little secret about Batman? Any character that's in the Bat family that's not Batman, I like more. <laughs> I think Batman's the goat. I think, like, I mean, he's definitely <laughs> laid the groundwork, but I've already experienced Batman so many ways. Tom King definitely gave me a new Bruce Wayne and all that, and that was really great. Scott Snyder gave me a really cool action pack Batman. But, like I said, we don't really, like, I love that books like Batwoman or getting this at read Nightwing or exploring characters like the signal or any of the other Robins because we're fi- we're getting through the eyes different. of something we're getting something different and we're getting it through the eyes of somebody else who got them. So like Batwoman or like the signal with their own bases, their own like supporting cast in got operating in Gotham. I, I think it's fresh and it's like it's refreshing and it's new. Even if they're wearing a bat symbol, I'll take it. Like it's great. I think yeah. having new looks into Gotham from different angles is great. Uh, super good. I, I, I agree. In fact, I wish I wish they kicked Batman out of the Outsiders title and just have the yes. Outsiders in Gotham. <laughs> I would pick up. I would pick it up again if it was just the Outsiders. The yeah. Insiders <laughs> and Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's just like Batman and the Outsiders. Batman and his Outsiders. It goes back to his yeah. aggressive, <laughs> like you work for me. Everybody's got to wear it. Like Batman Incorporated, it's not happening anymore, but it's happening still. <laughs> yeah, it is on Justice League for a while, too. Yeah, gosh. Uh, and it just also makes me miss Jim Gordon Batman. I'd take that again, though, too. That was really good. Somebody brought a picture up of that again and talking about how much they loved his bubblegum cigarettes. And I did love that. I love the bunny bot. The bunny bot was great. Uh, let's talk about the next book, because it's my turn to pick. And Col- I was telling Colton, I uh, had this arriving uh, the day after we recorded our last episode. I've been really excited for it. So are you two ready? Are you ready? Uh, I'm braced. The whole time. Here comes the fun. (laughs) We're going to read Happy from Grant (laughs) Morrison. All right. I uh, I got the deluxe edition. My wife and I just finished watching the sci-fi, both seasons on the on the sci-fi channel through Netflix, yep. and we loved it. I don't know if you've ever seen anything or read anything of this. I have. I've, I've read Happy back when it came out, and I've seen all of the episodes. The show. So, Colton, the best way to describe I, I love the show. <laughs> Happy is uh, yeah. like Punisher. Well, are you familiar with Detective Stabler from <laughs> Law and Order? Special Victims Unit? Yes. All right, so detect- it's Detective Stabler playing this character. Now, imagine Detective Stabler is John Wick mixed with uh, Bruce Willis from Die Hard, but then has just lived in filth and squalor like Frank Reynolds. And that is, and he sees an imaginary friend, and that is happy. That is the character that you get. What's his uh, D&D morality? Oh, he's... <laughs> he is... Awful chaotic. neutral? Maybe? He's chaotic neutral all chaotic, the way. Yeah, okay, yeah, you're right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, like I said, kind of, I fell in love with the first, the first opening scene 
of the show is him in a bathroom drunk and he shoots himself in the head and it goes into crazy visuals as men like men and women strippers are like dancing dancing around him to a christmas like strip club song and like gold like speedos and he's just dancing along to it and it is fucking wild <laughs> it's so good i i'm so excited to read this and my wife is <laughs> gonna read this too so yes next episode we're gonna be reading happy from Sweet. grant morrison and Derek robertson I'm excited too because I love the 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 Netflix show. It's fantastic, and yeah, I, it made me want to reread it again because I don't remember. I remember I liked I liked the Morrison series, the comics, but I don't remember liking them as much as the show. So I'm curious to reread it. I'm very curious because the deluxe is this is everything. I thought there was multiple volumes, but it was only four issues. Yeah. So I'm very curious to see what from the comic, uh, what all was adapted from the comic, and what was original, like original created or if i would love to see if there was any information if maybe grant morrison had plans based off of how season two played out in the story because season two got real wild <laughs> yeah. for the show so yeah i'm excited so we will continue episode 22 on happy next time our last quick announcement before we go though is that we can be reached at two different forms of communication now roman we now officially have a Twitter account that you can reach out to us. You can message us on Twitter. I will tell you our Twitter information. That is at content infinity. So if you have any questions about uh, the upcoming book Happy or have any thoughts on Happy or want to share any thoughts on our read for New 52 Batwoman Hydrology, you can message us there and talk to us about it there, or you can email us at our email, which is infinitycontentcomics at gmail.com. That's infinitycontentcomics at gmail.com. So that is everything. Have a safe and happy week. Bye.